Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. I'd like to uh, just start off and really, uh, you know, thank the coaches uh, for the preparation they gave the players um, over the last 24 hours. They did a great job. Uh, you can see that in the practice today uh, with the rookie minicamp, which is not always easy. You're getting guys from all over the country, um, and it really shows the, uh, the teaching skill uh, by our offense, defense, and special teams coordinators along with their staff. So uh, really good today. The operation was excellent. Um, you know, the message to the team afterward was really we just have to do a better job as, as we do with the rookies is uh, the transition from drill to drill. That needs to be quicker. Um, you know, the, the tempo of the practice in terms of getting in and out of the huddle, defense, balls ready, we're ready. Um, all the mechanics of that, and then really just the rudiments of the game, uh, alignment, assignment, key and technique with uh, with the whole offense and defense uh, was was a little bit needed work today, but we'll get better tomorrow, and that's to be expected for uh, for the rookies. Bears mini camp yesterday, and that's Coach Eberflus giving us some details that I don't think we've heard in recent years. No, I mean, it's good to hear, and it's good to actually hear him kind of not criticize, I guess, criticize his coaching staff saying they got to be better from day one, that, that the drills weren't transitioned and drills weren't good enough. Uh, mm-hmm. When you ever hear coaches talk about doing the little things to win championships, those are little things where a guy yep. is going to be meticulous and is going to point out every little thing that if it's not good enough, they're going to hear about it. Um, so and know, he wasn't hammering them, but he was no, no, a, a, but setting expectations, and there's yeah, nothing wrong with that. He's not going to let it skate. I right. mean, he's just going to do little things like that. And 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 but instead of going after you know kids the first couple of days, he went after his his staff. They just put together and said, "Yeah, all right, it's it's a rookie camp, but, but we're kind of rookie staff here, so let's get going too." So it was good to see. Yeah, three one two three three two three seven seven six. I noticed that they invited uh, Pina Tillman to talk to the the team, and I was reading uh, some of the comments of the uh, new rookies. They were really, really impressed. Which, you know, that's a no brainer. But have they really done that in recent years? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know no, that I've I mean, seen that. Been... But it, but Eberflus has been texting former players, inviting everybody to come to talk to the team. And I think that that's one of those things that seems like a no-brainer, but maybe that hasn't been happening. Well, I think Dan Weeder, if I remember memory serves last year, wrote a terrific, lengthy piece for the Tribune with Gary Fensick and guys talking about how they're not – you know, they're not. They don't. They don't get calls from the Bears to come in, and they'd love to do more with the Chicago Bears. And I don't know, was Matt Nagy or or, or Pace or Pace whomever? Or both. Yeah, but I mean, basically, the the whole piece was like, not that the Bears have a you know the the McCaskies think the Bears tradition is much more rich than it actually is. I mean, yeah, they were founding founding team and all that, and George House. But then, but, but then again, if you're tossing around fifteen dollars an hour, well. Yeah, and that was a week for Olin, too. But I'm just saying that, that was. as there are a lot of Bears alum who would like to, to be more part of it and go in and talk to guys, and, and you know, even if it's position, meeting rooms, or whatever. But that story was unbelievable about how, you know, crickets, no one no one reaches out to them. Now, Mike Singletary would always call every few years to interview for a coaching job he wasn't going to get. But, um, you know, that the, the Bears' great tradition is – like I said, magnified in the minds of the McCaskies because it, the tradition hasn't been all that great when it came to winning. But, you know, rookie camp, 
it's just about is uh, as Matt Eberflew said that it's more about getting guys ready to know mentally what's expected of them. You know, um, you know how they function as a pro versus college. Even though a lot of these guys went to top uh, you know programs in, in in the NCAA, can they listen to instructions? Can you practice the right way? Because this is Eberflew saying that you know you, you get a read on guys of what right. You know, how prepared mentally they are. It's you know, super are simple stuff, but nothing to be overlooked. Hey, Vince Lombardi, uh, reportedly, every every camp, every training camp, would gather the team around and he'd hold up a football and say, gentlemen, this is a football. I mean, that you couldn't get more basic than that. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and then that's how the camp started, that, you know, don't think you know anything. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's the, is setting expectations right there. Yeah. 312-332-3776. I want to play this. This is uh, the question that's been buzzing around. I, you know, certainly you and I addressed it last week, Brian, but uh, it's still around. And let's hear uh, our GM, Ryan Poles, talk about uh, a certain quarterback wearing the number one. Yeah, no, we're all in on Justin. Um, I believe in Justin. Our staff believes in Justin. And like I said, from the beginning, we're going we're gonna to set this up for him to succeed. And I know I've got a lot of questions, but what about receiver? What about it? We're going to do the best we can with the roster. We're going to improve the roster as well, but we're also going to get the scheme. We're going to use technique. Uh, and our coaches are hard at work, and so is Justin. Uh, I mentioned this earlier today. Justin is grinding right now, and he's putting in the time. Um, he's, he's The leadership piece is coming out of him. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about him and what, what he's going to be, become here. Yep, somebody else to ask, are you all in? It, I guess I'm assuming that they would be. Why wouldn't they be? But it is a question for some, Brian. Yeah, I mean, of course, you have, You know, we had this question last week. Someone called in. I mean, you, it's a new regime, yes. It's a, it's a new GM. It's a new coach. You best hope you have a franchise quarterback in Justin Fields. Um, you better hope that Pace and Nagy got at least that part right now if they, they didn't get the part right about doing everything they can to make him you know improve and progress in his first year matter of fact the plan was not to let him even get on the field to do either one of those things and then when he did get on the field the fact that it didn't have so much as one preseason snap in camp he was so far behind the curve it wasn't even funny so it's refreshing to hear uh the uh, ryan pole say that we're, we're going to do everything we can right. now you Everyone's- look. You could say that the the previous regime and system failed Justin Fields. I mean, that's the way I, I, I feel. Right, and I know my buddy Rick Morrissey in the Sun Times wrote a column the other day that basically there are built-in excuses for everyone going into this bear season. And yeah, that's true. Mm. And there's not much you can do about it because you can argue whether Ryan Poles should have done more on the offensive side of the ball in the draft, but. You know that he had so many holes to fill. I, I, there, I, I had, too much ground to cover, Brian. There, were, there would be some sort of uh, critique, no matter what he did, right? Because right. there's too many needs. Absolutely, and it's not a one se- off-season fix. So, nope. yeah, there, there, there are seasons baked or excuses baked in for everybody this season. But I'm the cynic in me said that that Pace and Nag- uh, Nagy baked in an excuse they didn't want Justin Fields on the field because that bought them an extra year. If if the franchise quarterback wasn't out, out there actually, you know, calling plays and executing plays that were called, you'd say, well, we don't know what he is yet. So it's, you know, it's easy to view it that way, for sure exactly, at this point. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We've got uh, George in Old Town wants to jump in and talk about the Bears. Hey George. 
I'm very hopeful for the Bears. I think uh, Poles has the right direction. He's bringing in the youth. He's clearing the decks. He declared bankruptcy, but he kept, you know, we got, still have some good assets to build around. I'm very encouraged. Uh, I think that uh, his experience with uh, Kansas City and knowing the offensive line, being an offensive lineman, will bode well. And, you know, I'm not looking for a fast turnaround, but I'm looking for it to build. Uh, but, Hanley, you've got to talk about the Kentucky Derby later. I'll be listening all day. I, I will do that. And uh, right, thanks, by George. the way, the, the first race went off at Churchill at 930. Um, so it's a full day event. I, uh, Mark, I had the, the pleasure of having a horse run down on Kentucky Oaks Day uh, oh, five years ago, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the Oaks, but um, Eddie Olchek and I had Hoosier Drama. And it was uh, he was running the last race on the card uh, on Kentucky Oaks Friday, right? So I'm wearing my little suit. I fly southwest down there. That get fancy there. hat, right? Oh no, I didn't have a hat. And and we'll get to mint juleps I, uh, in a sec. Um, but I get down there early, hours before post, and I'm sitting there watching people get drunk and stupid the entirety of the day in their fancy hats and their stupid suits and their. You know, and here's the D-list celebrities who are here for the weekend because that, that's what it is. And so Javier Cassiano, who was riding our horse in the last race, um, won the Kentucky Oaks, the race previous to ours, right? Mm-hmm. And he had never won the Oaks before. And so for 20 minutes after the race, he's plucking the lilacs, I think it's lilacs, out of the, the blanket on the horse and throwing them to the fans and soaking it all in as rightfully should and we're sitting back in the paddock with Todd Pletcher, who was our trainer at the time. And, you know, Javier didn't get back there until right before the race. And Todd says to him, Javier, okay, you know, like focus. As I said to Edzo, this is either the best thing that happened to us because he's so dialed in because he just won the Oaks, or it's the worst thing that <laughs> happened to us worst. because he just checked out because he won the Oaks, right? It was the latter. Um, so Pletcher's like, Javier, these two guys here, this is their Oaks, all right? So, you know, like, like, like you know. Time to time to dial in, time to focus. Well, Javier went, he rode the horse, top of the stretch, went to to hit him with the crop, twirled, he did his signature twirl with the crop, the crop went up and it went down and landed right in the track and he didn't so much as touch the horse and had to use a hand rider for my sitting, if I may say so, for the rest of the we I think we ended up fifth. But that's how checked out Javier was. He couldn't even, you know, get And that's the, where the excess of mint juleps come in? I've never had a mint julep. Have oh, you? Okay, uh, have you? I have. I have. Really? Not and? not in the right setting, but I think I think it, yeah. You know, actually, I think it was some kind of uh, derby party that somebody well, threw. Right. I, and I wonder. One. I don't even know that people have. And I'll give my derby derby picks before we get out of here. But um, I don't know that derby parties maybe post pandemic aren't even a thing anymore. But I don't, yeah, this was way before that. I would imagine Carmen has had it because it has bourbon in it, right? Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of bourbon. I'll I'll just take the bourbon without all the other. Yeah, stuff. you don't want to put sugar and water and fresh mint. Only and, if it's lower shelf bourbon. Yeah, so th- here, here's how you make it: so two cups sugar, two cups water, sprigs of fresh mint, crushed ice. It's pretty straightforward, right? And straight bourbon whiskey, and you you make a simple syrup with the sugar and the water, and then cool that, and then make one julep at a time, filling the julep cup with crushed ice adding one teaspoon of the uh, mint simple syrup and then two ounces of uh, Kentucky whiskey. And then you garnish it with a sprig of fresh mint. Um, and of course you have to have it in the official Kentucky Derby mint jewel glass, it says, because they're selling it. 
Um, <laughs> what, yeah. and, uh, so you have the recipe in front of you. What is your bourbon of choice for something like that, if you would have one? I'm not a bourbon guy. I, I like, I, you know, I like Dewar Scotch, and I'll do that once a week. You know, like have one Scotch a week, and, and, but that's about it. Um, but, yeah, and then, you know, I, yeah, I think you just poured it in a highball, right? I mean, you could yeah. basically. But I, I know most people don't like it. The, and, and down there, it's like, I don't know, 25 bucks. It's like buying a beer at Wrigley. It's like 25 <laughs> bucks for a for a mint julep down at uh, Churchill Downs. I mean, probably even more now. But I can't imagine drinking that all day. Could no, you? no, no. That's what, uh, for me, that's a one and done. I'll go yeah. to straight bourbon. Did you ever go to the Derby? No. Mm-mm. Uh, it, it, a long time ago, uh, a bunch of us got in the car and drove down like the day before. Because all the hotels down there wanted you to like minimum four or five days at ridiculous amounts of money because they're all make you know they're yeah, trying to make they don't the money for just the year. One night, sure. Right, but then if you look at all those hotels by Thursday or Friday, they're pretty empty because no one paid the four hundred bucks a night for five nights. So you can get the the one night. We drove down there, got down there. I think late Friday. And stayed in the infield. This goes back, I don't know, 30 years ago. And I didn't see, so I heard a horse. You couldn't see anything. You saw a lot of things in the infield, back to throwing of the beads. Um, <laughs> but you, I didn't see. Was so it like campers, a like a NASCAR race? It was, yeah. Apparently, I've been told it's like the, the infield at Indy, where, you know, every, anything goes but anyone actually watching the race. Right. And I remember there was like the Kentucky police and riot gear were just like a military formation hut, 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 hut through the infield just to let their presence known. But I mean, I saw people passed out before the races even started. I saw everything, you know, clothes here, clothes there. That's no right. That, there. You, you know, thank you for the insight. I, I had, I thought it was just a little more highbrow, but, uh, oh, it when is you put in the grandstand in yeah. the infield, it's right, it's, right, right, right. It's like a NASCAR race. That's yeah. uh that, uh, well, okay. So but I'll, I will say this Mark in the, in the grandstand, you know, just because they're dressed up nicer doesn't mean they're any more any less drunk. I, I mean, I saw people. <laughs> no, no, no. They nah. just look they look more proper in their yeah. debauchery. Yeah, right. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. More talk about the Bears. We'll have some Derby thoughts and a lot more. We're here until eleven, and uh, then we've got uh, Peggy and Dion. Actually, Jeff Miller's in for Dion today. They'll be here at eleven. Then White Sox Weekly at twelve thirty. Connor McKnight with the pregame at 2.30 and Red Sox and White Sox at 3.10 here on ESPN 1000. We'll be right back. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. You know, I came here, I want to win games, and I want to help this coaching staff win games, and I'm all about winning in any way I can affect the game. Um, definitely in the return game and as a receiver. I feel like um, you can never learn enough. And however, you know, I can help my team. And so, no, I'm blessed that I can do both because I can impact the um, game in different ways, especially for this team. So I'm really excited about that. But wherever they need me to be, that's where I'll be. That is Velas Jones, Brian Hanley, ESPN 1000, Xander and Hanley, talking Bears. That's Velas and... Uh, You've heard the whisperings of, uh, you know, who wouldn't want Debo Samuel, right? But uh, there's some fans calling for Debo to be here. And, and then others say, maybe we've got our Debo without the big price tag. Yeah, I mean, here's hoping, right? I mean, you, you, <laughs> right. Loved, you loved his... Hope uh, doesn't cost anything. No, I mean, he, he can re- he's a return guy. He ran a great 40. Um, he seems to, you know, 
he he had the extra COVID year, right? From when going from USC to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So he's a little bit more mature, probably physically a little bit bigger than he would have been in previous drafts. So, but, you know, I, I'm hoping. I mean, I, I don't know that he is going to be your go-to guy uh, moving forward, but hopefully he can be a, an added piece to Darnell Mooney. And you got to start somewhere. Uh, and, you know, the fact that you, you didn't have a first-round pick to, to go get one of those wide receivers, you, you know, you got what you got. But let's hope that he uh, you find uh, uh, some real value here. Well, that's the thing, right? In in the draft, you, you just hope to find that value, and you're not going to know what it looks like until you get him on the field and you start working them through the process. And I, we just have to trust at this point, uh, our GM, Ryan Poles, and, uh, you know, we're – we're a little battered and beaten as a Bears fans, so it's hard to trust, wouldn't you say, Brian? Yeah. In some respects. Oh, well, I mean, you know, look, Bears fans have been through the ringer time and again. You know, Phil Emery, Synergy, Mark Tressman. Yep. I mean, it's just been a many years. It's been, and just a lot of ineptitude and a lot of like, well, where the hell, you know, who's running this show? And unfortunately, they're still running the show, but hopefully they got it right this time is Bill Pullian. Uh, you know, was helping him, and I know a lot of people scoff at that, but I, I'll take Bill Polian's advice more than if he left George and Ted to their own devices. Oh, no right? doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah, so, people don't think about the other side of the coin, which was hiring nobody to help them. That yeah. would have been much worse. Right. Yeah, well, so we got this. We'll, we'll figure it out. No. three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's about time that they realize that they have to hire the help to get the right people in. So uh, what are you thinking about uh, how we did in the draft? I mean, again, covering all of that ground is not going to be a one-year deal. And what is it going to look like? Uh, are you just seeing the development in Justin Fields and the development of the team, but not necessarily... You know, maybe a 500 record. Is that going to be oh, enough for you this year? If Boy, if there were 500 records. Well, record, this is what I'm saying. We should, I mean, let's, let's we shoot have high. A parade, we should have a parade on Apple Plus TV. If they have <laughs> well, they know records. how to do them, right? Yeah, right. 312-332-3776. Here's Coach Eberflus on uh, Getze and uh, Vila's pairing. Yeah, I was talking to Luke the other day about his special attributes that he has. Um, and, you know, he's got a big plan for him. You know, he's got a big, you know, he's going to look at his skill set and then, you know, we'll expand that role. You know, let's let's start out at receiver, you know, and then let's see what he can do uh, moving him around to different spots and getting him the ball uh, because he is an explosive uh, athlete. Yeah, that's uh, that's our Getsy from the Packers, right? Yeah, Luke. I mean, look, I, 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 it's his first time doing this. Well, it's first time in a while. I think he did it at the college level. Um, but being the play caller and all that, it, it's it, – they're all going to grow together, and, and if they get a 500 record this season, I'll be shocked. I, I don't know if the over/unders are out in Vegas yet on total wins, but I think last year they, they were sitting at seven, give or take. And I, I would have pounded the under if I was in Vegas and I had the the capital to do so. Um, but it, it's just it's going to take a long time. They are in a full rebuild, just like the Blackhawks are in a full rebuild, just like the Cubs are, even though they won't call it that. And it's going to take time. And, you know, the fact that Aaron Rodgers stuck around in the North doesn't help your cause. But, you know. So Detroit, what is the measure of success? Three one two three three two three seven seven six. What will you need to see from the Bears this year now that we're past the draft? And there are probably some minor moves that will be made before the season starts. But what will you need to see to yeah. say, oh, you know, beyond a 500 or a winning record uh, or a 500 record, how do you quantify success? I right. mean, remember what George said when he kept 
Paul uh, Pace and, and Nagy around for one more year. He said they asked him, "Well, what you know? They have to make the playoffs." He said, "We need to see progress," and you know, only he knew what that meant. Right. right? So, you, so you define progress three one two three three two three seven seven six. How would you define that, Brian? What would we need to see? I mean, uh, first of all, the eyes are on Justin Fields. So yeah, I, 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 with Justin, you got to hang on to the ball. I don't care who's around you. I mean, look, if, if the offensive line collapsed and three guys are on top of it, I, I can understand why the ball might be on the ground. Mm-hmm. But there were some self-inflicted wounds there for, for Justin. I got to see better from that. I got to see, hopefully with Luke Getze calling the plays, there's an actual rhythm to the offense and not the Denny's menu where he's just, you know, Puts, uh, close his eyes. Well, I'll and tell you something. Yeah, you're thing. right about that rhythm thing. We yeah. we did not realize how important rhythm is until we didn't have it for a few years. Well, it, look, there, there is a there is a a, a talent calling plays, and you call one play to build upon another play, and another play. I mean, it's not just you know put your finger on. Oh, let's try this play, and then <laughs> right. close your eyes, and and that's what it try. seemed like it was. Right, there was right. no rhythm. There's an art to it, and mm. you know, hopefully, Luke Getze being around offensive minds like Aaron Rodgers, you know, through osmosis. And maybe, you know, he's always had that talent. He just didn't have the opportunity, but he has the opportunity here. But how do you quantify it? I've got to see improvement from the quarterback. And I've got to see more scheme and and improvement by the offense as woebegone as this offense looks in terms of impact players. You still have to see, Can't you can't have pre-snap penalties. You can't have penalties coming out of timeouts. You can't have a lot of the crap. All that sloppiness, right? That's got to go. I mean, that's coachable. That's correctable. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're a a pro bowler or if you're a guy barely hanging on the league or you're an undrafted free agent getting an opportunity. That's concentration. If you don't have discipline to start out with, you're screwed. That's it. So I got to see all that stuff. Those are building blocks. I I, look, Mike. The, I don't know which bar was lower for me, the, the going into this Bears season or going into this Cubs season. But, you know, the Bears, at least I hope, have franchise quarterback. And on the north side, they, you know, they don't have much of anything. We've got Dave in Crown Point wants to jump on here. ESPN 1000. Hey, Dave, you're with Xander and Hanley. What's up? Morning, morning guys. Hey, I don't care if we're over 500 and under 500 next year, this year. Mm-hmm. I just want points on the board. I want, I want a 37-35 loss. Hmm. I just want points this year. Okay, points we, we can always games. build off of that. Okay. But I just want points, man. How many first halves last year did you not even get a field goal? Well, certainly not a touchdown. I mean, it, it was, uh, you know, you, you could have thrown a parade every time they scored a touchdown in the first half. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Oh, it was terrible. You know, I, I, I want to go going into halftime with 21 points. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we did that. It's been far it's too just, long. Yeah, just give me points, buddy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks, hey, the Dave. league is the league is built for it. Every year they they create more rules or relax uh, holding calls and everything to make more sustained offensive drives. There was a memo sent out to officials at the beginning of last season that basically told them not to call as many offensive holdings. It, it wasn't necessarily they want touchdowns; they want sustained drives that could let, end up in in scoring. Right. Yeah. And it's everything they do is to get. To, to our caller's point, generate offense. Whether even if you're a bad team, you shouldn't be sitting there with three points at the end of the game, or no points, or six points. Well, and, he had a you know he had a great point. Uh, you know the idea of scoring some points if if they're losses but they're close and their points being put up that is obvious. If you that there's been 20, uh, improvement made, you script 20, 25, 30 plays as most teams do going into a game for your offense. 
how does that not generate a touchdown every now and again? And it didn't. I mean, it didn't with with the proven with Matt. That was a special kind of bad, Brian. Yo, three one two three three two three seven seven six. More with your Bears talk. We'll get back to the White Sox as they're taking on the Red Sox again this afternoon. Took the first game at uh, Fenway yesterday. And we'll talk about uh, the matchups today and what we can hopefully expect from the Sox. And, of course, on the north side on a beautiful day here in Chicago, a split doubleheader, Cubs and Dodgers. This is Xander and Hanley on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Pitch to Robert. There's a high fly ball. Left field. It's going to go. Out of the ballpark, over the monster, over the seats, a two-run homer, and it's 3 nothing. Len Casper with the call here on ESPN 1000. That was a hell of a shot. Luis Robert taking one right out of Fenway, right over the green monster, Brian. That was uh, good to see, and that put him up 3-zip. And uh, fourth win in a row, right? Uh, yep, fourth win there. in a row. And today, Nick Pavetta pitches for the Red Sox. He is 0-4 with a 7.84 ERA, 21 strikeouts in 20 and two-thirds innings pitched. Meanwhile, we've got a guy named Dylan Cease. Who will be calling the game as he pitches it. Yes, he will be predicting everything that he does with pinpoint accuracy. He's 3-1, and 2.48 ERA. And uh, he uh, allowed just one hit, struck out 11, didn't walk a batter against the Cubs that second game in a 3-zip victory. Probably the best game. He called it the best game he has ever pitched. And you can't argue that no. because he's, uh, first of all, young in his career, early in his career. But he's been, I mean, he's put a couple back-to-back outings that, that mm. you'd be very proud of anyway. And um, more of that, please. Solid and, development, Yeah. And uh, if you're heading up to Wrigley Field to see Drew Smiley, uh, because that, that would be the storyline today, uh, Drew Smiley pitching. Uh, not, not Kershaw. Not no, 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 no. Why would that Drew be? Smiley, it's Drew Smiley Day. Right. Um, and then Daniel there, Norris in the second game. Yeah, well, of course. Um, but a lot of Dodger fans uh, wearing their Dodger apparel heading uh, 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 up there, apparently, right? On yeah, yeah they're walking, yeah, they're walking by the window. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anytime Clay Shaw and Smiley, you know, oof. That's that's one for the books. So it is. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what yeah. book you're referring to, but yes. I, no, really. If you get a chance to see Clayton Kershaw, why wouldn't you? On a on a nice day, the sun's out. Right, that, right. That, that it qualifies as a nice day if we it don't is, have great w- clouds. Right, uh, worth celebrating a nice Saturday. Couple of games at Wrigley. Enjoy, um, you know, all that baseball has to offer on the north side. Uh, especially if you're a Dodgers fan, you'll be thrilled. But. Um, you know, Suzuki's been in a bit of a, a, a slump. Ooh, he's got a. You, you think the league's starting to figure out the kid? Well, they have, and it's time for he to make. He has to make. Now he has to figure now. them out, yeah. right? And, and you know, to be determined, right? But player of the week, he was hitting everything: fastball, meeting bat, meeting bleachers, and now he's really scuffling. We start the the, the show with the um, with our Twitter poll question too. If Right now, Fangraphs and uh, 538 have the White Sox at a 57, 58% chance to make the playoffs. Um, as we sit here today, uh, do you believe they will? Yes or no? And um, the other thing was Fangraphs, MLB.com did uh, one month into the season, they looked at the biggest risers and the biggest decliners in terms of 
what the algorithm said in terms of playoff probabilities before the season started mm -hmm. uh, as compared to where they are right now. And look, because of the Sox injuries in large part, uh, but also because and that, of some uh, of the eight-game skid. Yeah, well, some of their poor play that it won't shock anybody that they are among the biggest losers in terms of percentage probability, right? I, mm -hmm. I, I know you're, you said that they should be upper 60s uh, percent. Yeah, mid to chance. upper 60s, I think. I, I, well, look, I'm a fan. I, mean, yeah. I, I have all kinds of hope. Joe Kelly is uh, going to show up. We could use his arm. We haven't seen him yet pitch for the White Sox. Johan Moncada scheduled to come back on Monday unless something's changed. The wild card, there, though, uh, Andrew Vaughn with that hand injury. Yeah. We thought that, that uh, where he got hit, it was kind of the bottom of the palm, right, where the meat is. And uh, there, when uh, I saw it happen, uh, they thought, well, you, you know what, maybe that could be the least amount of trouble for a hand injury given all the bones in the hand. But that is going to set him back. And they haven't even put him on the official DL yet as of no, yesterday. Well, yeah, which is encouraging, right? I mean, right. they think maybe they don't have to. Mm. But here, here uh, the... The problem's twofold for the White Sox because, according to Fangraph, the Twins, who are currently in first place, only three games ahead of the White Sox and the Guardians, which is, I think, you know, saying something for the White Sox that they're not further further back and buried given how they've scuffled at times mm -hmm. and because of the injuries. But the Twins are among the, the, the biggest uh, percentage jump here in terms of at the beginning of the season, Fangraph's had them at a 40.4% chance to make the playoffs, Carlos Correa or not. And they've gone up to 52.9%. Right. And, um, again, sitting atop the division right now, the, for what's worth, Cubs fans, the Brewers have gone from 81.3%, and they look like they were lost when they opened up against the Cubs the first series, right? The, the, the starters couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah, you knew, you knew that wasn't going to last, but they made the Cubs look really good and exciting right. for a while. So the Brewers are now simply a 93.4% chance to make the no playoffs. No surprise. And, and, and getting better, right? Mm -hmm. And the Red Sox are among the biggest decliners. Man, they're down 30%. They went from 61.3% to 31.1%. They are not happy in Boston. The Phillies, Mr. Xander, you saw what happened the other night. I was la laughing out loud at the odds couple. Mike North and Carmen having so much fun with. The Phillies allowed seven runs in the top of the ninth to the Mets the other night. I mean, you know what the win probability is when you're in the ninth inning up Six runs, seven runs. <laughs> right. And, and they lost that game. And, and they are, for all the additions with Nick Castellanos and Schwarber, they had great hopes. And they were like a 61% probable team to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season. They're down to 32.2%. That, you talk about bad Ouch. beats. You ever, you ever watch Scott Van Pelt and uh, Stanford Steve and they have bad beats? That's yeah. hysterical. You ever mm -hmm. watch a, a foot, they'll show you highlights from a football game where. A team's up 21 points with a minute and a half to go, and next thing you know, they find some way to cover. Um, but the White Sox have declined from uh, a pretty healthy 72.2% down to 56.9%. That gets you your that, as, that is as of yesterday. Through Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. through Thursday. Okay. okay. Yeah. But give or take. So Okay, a couple again, wins deep and uh, another win today. Yeah, yeah I think look, the, we'll, we'll be in the 60s. The Phillies can't blame it on injuries. I mean, the White Sox firmly have a case. And no, one, you know, no one wants to hear it, and, and no one's throwing pity parties. But 
Because everybody's subject to it, but but, not, but not, it is a real impact. Extent. Extent. Yeah, right, not right. to this extent. And, and uh, uh, Jimenez is going to be back in early June. That really, really surprised me, pleasantly surprised me. I thought early he was going to be Early June? Or, uh, uh, maybe, uh, okay, maybe it wasn't uh, early June, but just the mention of the month June, yeah, seeing right. that we're a month away. For, for a torn hamstring? That's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I, I would probably guess they're going to be a little more conservative and it'd be toward the end of the month. Well, it we'll is, Eloy. You know, yeah. yeah, right. Oh, right. Well... But anyway, it's uh, three games. And Lance Lynn will be back in June as well. Yeah, and and you have to figure out what you're doing. Johnny Cueto's coming. Michael Kopech's doing just fine. Thank you, Dylan Cease has, has found another level, and, mm-hmm. and you know here's Lucas is that. Uh, Lucas is where he should be. Yeah, I mean, pretty close. What you expect, yeah. Yep. And that then they have to sort it out. And I, I think I, I don't think you say goodbye to Dallas Keuchel this week. But if he really, you know, what's the bed tomorrow? Do you even fool around with a, a, a injury list? Seriously, you know? if 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 things don't go well tomorrow, you you can't even have him. Uh, not even in June. I mean, at that point, you've at some point he can't make it into June on the uh, starting rotation. Right. Especially I guess with uh, Quayle in and with Lance coming back. You, you could come up with again some sort of mystery injury that mm-hmm. you know only they know about, and then put him and buy yourself some time. But I don't. I, I don't see it getting appreciably better. I really don't. And, and that's, you know, there's a reason no, they couldn't move him in the offseason. That's 18 million reasons you couldn't move him in the offseason, right? It's a, it's a tall, it's a uh, tall price tag for a guy who is on the downslide. And look, we're giving him a chance to rebound, but at some point it's not going to happen. And this yeah. may be the time. And, and if for the Tigers thinking they were a year ahead of schedule? Fangraphs had them 12.1% chance of uh, being in the playoffs before the season. They're down to 3.7%. That's wow, things have really gotten bad in Detroit. And here yes. I thought that they should be they should be playing better, but I thought that uh, 12%, that number would have been a little bit bigger. But then that again, is, that is against the Twins Cubs, and the White Sox, that's tough. That's firmly Cubs territory. <laughs> it, and, is. Yeah. it is. 312-332-3776. We'll take a break, come back, wrap things up with the poll. We'll get your derby picks, Brian. And then we We've got uh, Peggy and Dion in for Dion today is Jeff Miller here on ESPN 1000. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is ESPN 1000. Hanley and Xander here at ESPN 1000. Watch us on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Sponsored by Cover 5, use code CHICAGO to sign up at Cover5.com. All right, Brian, we have some polls to wrap up, and you're going to give, you're a horse man, you're going to give your uh, picks picks to click for the Derby today? I am. Okay. All right, so uh, uh, Bob Baffert's not involved at all. Thankfully. <laughs> so he doesn't have a very good name among the uh, the insiders, does he? No. No, and uh, the New York Racing Association is trying to ban him for two years. And, and he's crying they, He's crying poor. I yeah, mean, they've already banned him for two years. Even though the violations didn't happen in New York, they say he's not a good representative of thoroughbred racing. So I'm with them. Um, do you want the picks first, or should we wrap up the Twitter poll with Jake Cantu, our great producer? Uh, why don't we do the? Uh, why don't we uh, wrap up the poll in a second? Why don't you get to your uh, picks here? All right, and I just learned from Jake that uh, he is friends with the Asmussen family, or Steve Asmussen, who's one of the great trainers in the sport, and has a real good shot to win today with Epicenter, uh, with Joel Ros- Rosario up. Um, that Jake 
uh, went to school. I believe, Jake, did you go to school with one of yeah, these so kids? Yeah, so shout out Keith. Uh, Keith Asmussen was a huge, in high school, uh, in our big friend group, huge uh, best friend there. And uh, it was, I had no idea how big it was. And it, it sounds silly, but like I was telling uh, Hanley during the break, you know, we would go to Lone Star Park out there in Grand Prairie, Texas. Mm-hmm. And been it, there. Yeah, and there. also found that out too. And, you know, just being around there, he would take us behind the scenes. And, oh, the back stretch is great, isn't it? Yeah. Be around the horses and the So tables. cool. So and, you uh, had no idea what a big deal this I- was because it's your buddy and it's like, okay, go see this, whatever. And it's Dad's not a big got deal. rock star hair. Steve rock star, the whole family has rock Sandra, star hair. you'd appreciate this. I mean, he's got, wait till you see him today if you're watching NBC and watch the. Watch for the rock great. star hair guy. Oh, rock star hair. And he's just a regular guy, it sounds like, Jake. I mean, Reg- regular guy. He can him. afford the product. Had no oh. idea. Ooh. Amazing house. Shout out their house. <laughs> oh, <laughs> had yeah. no idea. So once you saw the house, you're like, maybe there yeah. is something to this. So you say he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. He but, is. Yeah. No, it, and then they would always joke around, because I'm only five foot six, but on radio, I like to think I'm six foot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're at least but, as tall as me on the radio. Uh, but you, you could know, ride one of those horses, Jake. He, true, that, and that's what Keith would say. He'd be like, hey, you get on there, and you could yeah. you could have been a jockey if I started at, what, you had to start like at 10 years old or something? Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, man, you talk about have to be strong, too. Small frame and, 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 I mean, really strong to control 1,100 pounds worth of horse. Fun fact, too, is I pick Epicenter as my well, pick, you- and I had no idea. That you Steve mentioned that. Training? Yeah, I had no idea. How crazy uh, is that? Really? He's as legit as they come. And ever since they've gone to a point system to qualify for the, the derby, um, the, the trend has been the top point getters are usually on the board at the end of the race. So he's actually in my trifecta box. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy Miller, my guy, Jimmy, um, he, uh, he on the odds couple, he gave you a nice four-horse exacta box. And like uh, like Jimmy, um, I did the, I tweeted this out to some of the people who asked me on Twitter a couple of days ago what I like. Normally, I wouldn't bet a horse across the board. Now I think Jimmy Jim Miller said bet went in place on a couple of horses, and we share one of those horses, White of Barrio, by the way, a uh, Saffy Joseph Jr. horse who was racing a Gulfstream, and and I've watched Saffy jo- Joseph Jr. become a great trainer over the last uh, four or five six years of Gulfstream. Great story from Barbados as a teenager came to the United States and really just made made a career and made a life for himself uh, from scratch. But anyway, I'm going to get if you spend a little bit of money or you want to get some friends to kick in and come up with a hundred bucks, I'll give you a six horse, fifty cent trifecta box box Messier, which in fact is named after Mark Messier, because yeah. it's a Canadian uh, group horse. White Barrio, Charge It, Epicenter, Steve Asmussen, Zandon. Mo Donegal, who Todd Pletcher has in in the one hole, and that won't hurt him because he doesn't need to go to the front. He'll just lay back. Normally, that could be trouble for when twenty horses are bearing down, or nineteen horses are bearing down on the horse in the one hole. So, a six horse box: Messier, White of Barrio, Charge It, Epicenter, Zandon, and Mo Donegal. And then, like Jim Miller, I will bet across the board. I'll go win place show on Mo Donegal and White of Barrio. So, if you put five bucks across the board on each of those. Or you want to go ten bucks winning show on Modonigal and White Barrio? There, there's forty bucks, and then sixty bucks for a fifty cent trifecta box. You might you might uh, bank some money today. And Eddie, you should put that on your Twitter feed, Brian. I uh, yeah, I, I did respond to some people who asked me the last couple of days what I was doing. So um, you know, it's out there. But okay. I would. Uh, my horse is White Barrio uh, with Tyler Gaffleone, uh, a top jock from Gulfstream, teaming up with one of the top trainers from Gulfstream, and. 
Wait till you see this horse. I mean, just stunningly beautiful. But Epicenter's got every chance, and he's 7 to 2 in the morning line. So uh, second choice. So Steve Asmussen and your buddy Keith are in good stead there, Jake. We like to hear. All right. So the Twitter poll, we had a couple of them on ESPN 1000 on Twitter. And uh, go ahead, Brian, if you want to set those up. And Jake's got the results. Okay, White Sox uh, currently, uh, according to Fangraph and uh, 538, have a 57, 58% chance to be in the playoffs. Do you believe they will be in the playoffs today? Yes or no? Jake? 81.4% say yes. 18.6% say no. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. We are the home of the White Sox, so why wouldn't you want to believe, right? You got to believe. You got to believe. And then our second poll, Twitter poll question, uh, with the Bulls and Blackhawks on the sideline of the postseasons at this point, uh, which postseasons are you watching? NBA, NHL, both or neither? Jake Cantu, what do they say? So neither leads the pack there with 41.5%, which I am actually a little surprised about because I thought NBA would be up there. I'm, I'm a little bit between neither and somewhat. Oh, interesting. Uh, But that doesn't hit the mark because NBA is next with 33.8%, NHL with 16.7%, and then both at 8%. Wow, okay. I thought there were more real sports fans in the city. Well, but, you know, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of things there are a lot of things yeah. tugging at your attention, right? Yeah, and uh, right. being uh, baseball season, and we've got and the uh, weather's been so good. You want to be outside? What? Well, oh no, wait, no, that starts today. <laughs> that <Yeah>. starts today. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, we've got uh, Peggy and Dion coming up. Jeff Meller is filling in for uh, Dion. And uh, then after uh, they wrap up at 12.30, we've got White Sox Weekly with Connor McKnight, followed by pregame with Connor starting at 2.30. First pitch, 3.10 from Fenway Park. Dylan Cease and uh, Nick Pavetta. Pavetta, going yeah. At it. Yeah, yeah. Look for uh, Dylan to have another good game. I think, I think he's settling into being a top uh, pitcher for the White Sox. I think he's here to stay. Don't we have to get obvious shirts to come up with cease and desist or something like that? All right. I think you just threw it out there in the ether. All right, Brian, uh, good to hang with you. We'll see you again tomorrow. We're on at 10 for a quickie, 10 to 11 tomorrow, right here on ESPN 1000. Have a great day, everybody.